Yes, guys, uh, my name is Javino McLean, owner of the J7, Gym of the Year, two times Gym of the Year, and I beat the often path by creating a system, a facility for exercise that encourages the whole family to exercise, a system of exercise and a way of delivering that gets disabled people and elderly people involved. And I can, a system that makes everybody fall in love with exercise. Simple. Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer. Now, buckle up, folks, because we've got a very inspiring episode for you today. Javina McLean is a former professional cricket player who changed everything about his life to become a professional trainer and gym owner. His life story is so insane, and it's proof that our dream can come true and still leave us with a feeling of emptiness, and that helping others might just be the thing that we've been missing all along. It's such a cool story, so get ready to rethink everything with the energetic and charismatic Javina McLean, 2021 National Fitness Award winner and 2X winner of Gym of the Year. Here's Javino McLean. Well, welcome to the show, Javino. So glad to have you here. Now, I must, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed. I think it's a very low energy that you bring to this interview. Is there any way that we can ramp up the energy just a little bit? Let me get a table and fill some. I can tell already. It's going to be boring. Yeah. It's going to be mundane. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's just all of those I'll, things. I'll try my best. Yeah, yeah. We, we got to ramp it up for the listeners. No, um, it's a pleasure uh, to have you here. Um, you have such a cool story, such a fascinating arc. I loved watching what you have done and especially your mission and what you uh, prioritize in the work that you do. Yeah. But can you give the listeners a little introduction to what is your arc? What's your story? How did you end up where you are? Right. Well, Jesus Christ, how, how long have you got, Ross? I'll try and make We've it. We've got short. one hour. <laughs> We're going to go long, for it. Long, long story short, guys, I'm 37. I was, I, what I do now is my, uh, is my true love. It's not my first love, and I need to make that very clear. It's my true love. It's the, it's the gift that I've been blessed with. I was, uh, I was born in Jamaica, in the beautiful island, island of Jamaica. It was warm. It was nice. It was coconuts and pineapples. And I don't know why my mum brought me to England, but she did. And uh, But in Jamaica, we play cricket. So cricket, I'm not sure in America, you know cricket too much. That was my first love. And that's all I ever wanted to be was a professional cricket player. And growing up, I was obsessed with cricket. I still am. And I, I became a professional cricket player. Uh, professional sport can sometimes be a bit... It, 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 it's not always what it seems... And uh, I fell in love with cricket and I played professional cricket and it got to the point, Ross, without being big-headed, uh, I fell out of love with cricket because I was always the best athlete, Ross. I was always, uh, and I know that sounds really big-headed, but I didn't really get much from it. Every team that I played for, if Javino was going to win at the sprints, I was going to win at the, the strength test. I didn't get much from it in the end and it got to the point where uh, I went to India. I lived in India for six months because I got a contract to play for a team in India. An amazing team. And uh, I got the opportunity to to be the trainer for the for the squad because the trainer that we had, he, he had a knee injury and had to go back to South Africa. In the two months that I trained the other boys, men, I got more satisfaction out of what I could do with other people rather than myself. Uh so a few years after that, I kind of uh, fell away from cricket and retired because I felt like I got I got so much more satisfaction out of 
getting other people in shape, if that makes sense. It does. Uh, so I, I was, I've been training people for 22 years, Ross. I've been training people for since I was 16. Uh, and I'm only 37, so I've been training people for, for That's a, long, a, long a long time. Uh, and a long story short, uh, I started I started doing classes for for Manchester Council. It's called the Sour Local thing. And I had I, I had so many disagreements with people. I said, don't put my name on a poster or flyer. You can't sell passion through a flyer. You have to feel passion. Passion is something that. It's if it's pure and it's real, it has to be felt. It can't be read. Does that make sense? Yes. So uh, it was very. It, it wasn't a good time for me to be honest because they didn't understand me because I was a bit weird and and the way I delivered exercise was crazy. It wasn't seen before. And I remember one man, especially I'm not going to say his name, but I don't like him because he said to me, "Who do you think you are, Javino?" Everyone, like, we're going to do flyers and posters all around Manchester, which is where I'm from, to get people to come to the the, the the abs classes and all the exercise classes. I said, don't you dare put my name on the poster. Don't put my name on the poster. You can't sell me on a poster. Long story short, Ross, I started a class in Manchester and it was me and one amazing, tremendous old lady called Brenda who is still my queen to this day. She turns, she, she, she's the only member of my gym who's got a lifetime membership. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for four months, it was me and Brenda, just nobody else. But Ross, I trained that little lady like it was the last person I'll ever train in my life. And then uh, <laughs> she loved it that much and she felt what I was doing that much, she told one person. So one person became four, four became six, six became 10. We had to go to a different venue. 10 became 12, 15, 20, 30. We got too big. We had to go to another venue. We went to a, a local, uh, like a girls' school, high school. It went from 40 to 50 to 60 to 70 to 80 people. This is every Monday, Thursday and Friday. We again got too big. We had to go to another big high school where it went from 90, Ross, every Tuesday by myself. Just little old me by myself to 140 people. And uh, it was it was the busiest class in the whole of the United Kingdom. It was the busiest class in the whole of the United Kingdom. And that came from this one little lady sticking and believing in what I did. Me sticking with, sticking with my guns and making sure that, no, I don't want my name on the flyer. I believe that if I do it the way that Javino knows... You ain't got no choice but to feel it and fall in love with what I'm gonna do, and because I stuck, I stuck by it, and Brenda stuck by it, and it just went like it went crazy. I ended up having the busiest class in the whole of the UK to this day. It's still a record unofficially, and because there's no people have counted it on stats, but there's yeah. no on it. So it's official, but it's unofficial to this day. No one's ever ever come to me and had said that they've they've had more people at a class. Uh, but the mad story is, Ross, even I worked for the people that I was working for for over 10 years. 13 years ago, in my mum's kitchen, I've written on a piece of paper, blank piece of paper in my mum's kitchen, my vision, and I called it J7. It was a facility, Ross, where 
It's about energy, man. If I'm in a room, I want Ross to feel me. I want <laughs> Ross to hear me. I feel I it. To, you know what I mean? I want to feel my vibrations. Yes. If you're upstairs and I'm downstairs, we can't vibe. We can't connect. So the dream for me was to connect, to have a facility, not like these big commercial gyms where you've got treadmills and the cardio downstairs and the weights upstairs and where you've got different rooms. I wanted a place that was one floor where everybody could be together. Wow. We could all be doing different things, but I could look up and say, Russ! Let's go. You can look up and say, yeah. And, then, right. and the love is kind of contagious and the energy can flow. I've written it on a piece of paper and I called it J7. And the plan was to have a facility where every the whole family could come to because I hate James Ross. So quick, so my quick question, Javino. Hey? Quick question. Why do you hate people so much? I don't hate I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. No, obviously you're a man who loves the people. I'm just <laughs> I do that to everybody. No, uh you love people. I love every piece of that story. Um and there's so much. All right, I want to get into the the gym as it is today, but I want to kind of go back to the beginning because there's so many amazing yeah. things that you just said there. The first, and I think a lot of people will feel this, is that you had one dream that turned into another dream. Now, obviously, yeah. that's forbidden. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to want to be a professional cricketer and then change. You have to want one thing for your whole life. So you already made a huge mistake there. But no, I'm just kidding. But I love how the story of people who thought that they wanted to be something. I think we can all recognize that. It certainly happened in my own life. I want to be a professional athlete. And then one day something changes. And you say, yeah. no, that's not doing it for me anymore. That's not what I want. And then you get more out of helping other people. Now, what yeah. do you remember that transition? Was it something yeah. that happened overnight? Or was it something you just woke up no, and you said, yeah, no, that's it? No, it? Happened, it happened over a few years, Ross. Yeah. Because uh, I... Obviously, in the US, it'll be very similar. I know a lot of athletes in the US, but the level of dedication required is outrageous from a very young age. Right. And I got to the point, Ross, where I think I was 22, and I've never been in England. We have these things called boys' holidays. You call them vacations. But we have these things where boys' holidays, every summer, a group of your friends will go maybe to Spain to Greece and just party and go out and yeah. have fun and live and just live as young people. I know in America, a lot of people go spring break and go to Cancun yeah, and sure. Hawaii and things. A road trip I never to had Vegas. that, Ross. Yeah. I never had that from, I was from 13 years old. I've lived the life of a professional athlete and I started saying, man, I want to live. I want to go, I want to do some beer pong. I want to go, <laughs> I want to take some shots. I, I want, I wanted to live and I, I so I was thinking about it anyway. But it did really get to the point, and I hate saying it because I do not want to sound big-headed, but being the best athlete on every team that I was in, it got so boring and it did not satisfy me. I needed more. And accidentally, oh, that when I, when, I, when I was in India, that was the turning point. When I was in India and I got to train these boys, and these men, these men that I trained, sorry, were elite athletes. They were more experienced than me. They were some of them were were giants in cricket. Some of these people, Ross, I'm not going to name them because you probably won't know them. They are mega stars. They are mega stars in cricket. But guess what? I wasn't scared to say, "Yo, you owe me twenty birdies. You owe yeah, me twenty right. pesos." And people were looking at me. 
as if to say, how dare you speak to so-and-so because he's this level of superstar. I said, I don't give a, sh- I'm not going to swear. I said, I don't give a damn. I said, if I want, I, I want them burpees yep. and the satisfaction that I've got off, they understood that I wasn't doing it to, to show my dominance. I was doing it because I want them to be better. I Are wasn't you, uh... doing it because I want yeah. Are you talking about people like legendary Indian batsman Rahul Dravid and he Aust- was on my team? Australia He's exactly who I'm talking. Bowler Brett Lee. Stop! Stop it, Ross! <laughs> Ross! Don't play! Ross, listen to this. You know Rahul Dravid that you just spoke about? Yes. He was my captain. He was my captain in, in India. And he was one of the players that I had to say at the time when I went India, Rahul Dravid was. He was a blood. He was a frigging god. You wouldn't. You, people were so scared of this man. He was. It's like walking up to LeBron James or Tom Brady <laughs> right. and saying, "LeBron, give me ten press ups." Right. It's like people will look at you crazy. I had no problem with it because I did. I wasn't. I wasn't amazed that you was Rahul Dravid. I was more bothered that you was on my team with me, and if I'm going to hell and back to being the best shape as an athlete. Rahul, you're going to sweat like me. And I had no problem doing it. And he was so... He, athletes like him to come to me and say, that was amazing. We, we needed that. I got more satisfaction from helping other people than myself. And it, it, I remember on the plane, on the way back to England, I thought, yeah, I, I need more of that. I need to feel that again. I need to feel that more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And... I think the most interesting thing for a lot of people who weren't born with natural talent or sports talent, they idolize people like you in the first part of your career. Mm. They wish that they had natural talent. They wish that they were the best on every team that they'd ever been on. And they say, my life would be so much better if I was born that way. And here you are saying, I was there. I did that. And it didn't bring me satisfaction. I love that. Because it's not enough to be the best. It's not enough to have natural talent. The moral of the story seems to be that the real joy in life comes from helping others. Yeah, man, definitely. And I think as I'm 37, Ross, and as I get older, I start understanding myself a bit more. And I think to know yourself, you've got to really, to, you've got to really know yourself to grow yourself. And I think a lot of people, when they're trying to go down a path, they think if that path doesn't work out, they've failed. It doesn't necessarily mean that you could decide to go down a certain path and then you find yourself a little bit more and you realise the path that you chose isn't for you. It doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you have to find a different path, a path that is more true to you. And I think a lot of young people will sometimes look at it as a failure. A lot of some people will... Uh, that's why that's, yeah, that's why a lot of young athletes in, in the UK at the moment have... Uh, so I know it gets a bit dark to say, but I've committed suicide. I'm not sure what it's like in the US, but you're a long young footballers, soccer players in there. We call it, you you call it soccer. Yes, we call it football. I like your word but better. A lot of young players in the UK, Ross. Yeah. Uh, if they get released, if they get uh, if the contract gets finished and they don't get re-signed, they're committing suicide, and it's a, it's a very horrible. So because uh, they think that there's no way. They don't think there's another path they, they, they think that being a football player and if it doesn't work and they don't get re-signed in another contract it's game over and it's so sad it's very sad 
All right, folks, if you have been listening to this show and you have never, ever hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or your podcast platform of choice, please, please, please tap that subscribe button, follow, and better yet, leave a nice review. Help me grow the show. If you support the stories, if you like any of these people, if you've liked any episode at all, please do me that favor. Subscribe. It takes two seconds. Leave a nice review and help me grow this podcast. If there's somebody out there that you think might benefit from Javino's insane energy, share this episode with them, brighten their day, and make me a little happier at the same time. It's all I ask of you. And now, back to the show. A good thing we put so much pressure on ourselves, and I think we have idealized this idea that you have to do everything right. Like you said, you have to get it right the first time. We have this idealized vision of, You're a kid, you become a millionaire by the time you're 18, you do the same thing for your whole life. But for a lot of people, that's just not true. For a lot of people, they're going to take different turns. They're going to get off of what they think the main path is. And they're going to hopefully find something new. And for me, that was I was never an athlete of your caliber, but soccer was my whole life. Football was my whole life until I was about 15 years old. Then I had one of those classic knee injuries in a game, ACL, MCL, meniscus, the unhappy triad, as they call it. Boom, my soccer career was over. And I thought it was the end of my life in that moment. I thought that was it. I was done. I couldn't have imagined ever being happy again. But then I discovered theater, and I discovered improv comedy, and I made new friends, and I was on crutches making people laugh and being in front of an audience. And then I found something that I loved even more. So it's great to hear you say that a lot of these people who put so much pressure on themselves to be professional athletes, they don't need to do that because something else even better could be waiting for them around the corner that can they I, might not I see. Can I ask you a question, Ross? Yes, sir. Can I ask you a question? Yes. You know, when you, when you start playing soccer, yeah. did you, how much time did you spend alone? Uh, in the beginning, a lot. In the beginning, and it was, how was, that? It was and horrible. How was that? It was awful. I remember when I got the news because there was... I called the doctor, and I went into the doctor. They did the test. They did an MRI, and then you're waiting for the results of that to come back. So it was one of those classic things where you get a phone call, and you're nervous. And because they originally said that maybe I hyperextended my knee, that it was a six- to eight-week recovery, and then you get that phone call, and they say, nope, everything's blown out. You need surgery. You might not even walk again for the next nine months and it's probably going to be at least a year before you can even think about running again if you get the surgery so it's one of those things where my whole world was just ripped apart i think i took a a two hour long shower just crying in the shower it was horrible and i just thought my whole life was uh, slipping away from me so the beginning was very very hard yeah yeah i understand only reason why i asked is mine was the opposite yeah that's that was so funny. Opposite where I understand exactly, like, and that's why I think it was, this is why at the start of the show, as I said, it was my first love cricket. It wasn't my true love because I remember when I started thinking about being on the other side, rather than being the athlete, being a coach, being a trainer, getting people in shape, I wasn't, I spent a lot of time alone and I felt, I feel like the time that I spent alone, I, I don't mean that in a sad way, like I didn't have my family or my friends or whatever, but I remember I used to make sure that I went out by myself just to train and just to be at one with myself. And that was one of the best things I could do because it wasn't, oh, I can't wait to get back on the cricket field. Even 
In India, I played in, I played in front of 15, 20,000 people. It wasn't, oh, I need that. I, in, when I was alone, I really connected with what made me happy. And I think when you're around certain people and you're around a lot of people, you might think happiness is... Uh, is, is a certain thing because I think the environment, the, 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 the company that you keep may influence everything that's going on. But when you're truly by yourself and you think, wow, what the hell is going to make me happy right now? If I could press a magic button right this second, what would make me happy? And in my head, it wasn't being back on the cricket pitch. It was having a group of people to train and get in shape. That's does that, does that make sense? Yeah, that's some truth that bombs only, right that, there. That, that's that some knowledge bombs. Yeah, man. And I it only that. happened when I, I decided to spend a lot of time. But I used to train by myself right. and just think. And I think that really helped me out. So I just wanted to know if on your side, if you spent a lot of time by yourself. In the beginning, I did. Yeah, I rode my bike a lot. It was the only thing I could do before the surgery. Yeah. You can do almost anything to your knee and still ride a bike for people listening. You just can't run or turn or cut any corners. Um yeah, there was a lot of that. But then I think for me, I really turned a corner when I met a tribe of new people and I started connecting with them in a different way because the sports people, they you interact with them in a certain way. You know, if you succeed in a game, if you score the winning goal, they're your best friends. If you miss a penalty kick, they hate you, right? So there's always this kind of performance-based love that I felt in the sports. And then I kind of met new people who embraced me for who I was and they accepted me just for all of what I was doing. And that felt really new and interesting. And then I realized, okay, I can form newer, better friends. I can make newer, better connections with people who get something else about me. But that process took quite a while, uh, months, I think, before I was really happy I think acceptance is is major, man. I think you just said it then, just... Feeling accepted. I think when people decide to change path, yep. a big question is, am I gonna am I gonna be accepted on that path? You was a you was a soccer player, so you came from a certain environment. You're gonna say, okay, maybe in theatre or in the comedy or, the, or whatever, whatever you chose to do, are they gonna accept me? And I think that's a natural question to ask yourself. And to be honest, I learned very early. I don't, it doesn't matter if they accept me as long as I accept me. As long as I accept me, that doesn't really matter. And uh, I, 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 had a, I had a few questions for myself, man. Yeah. I had a few questions for myself when I decided to change. And I ended up saying to myself from very, very, very early, there's nobody on the planet that can be mean better than me. I'm, I love me so much, Rossi. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this all right. This, this brings up another point. I love. I mean, everything you've said is is a brilliant piece of advice. I feel like um, so many amazing things. But there's this moment, and I think a lot of people can identify with this, where you have a taste of something that really moves you. You you train other yeah. people, and you have a taste, and you say, "Wow, something inside me came alive. Something was turned on by doing this." And then you've got this moment where, from that, you say, "I'm going to start a gym." And you're training one little old lady whom you love. And there's this giant gap between the moment that you make a decision on a new path where you have a spark or you have something that pushes you forward, but then you've got this work to do. And it might be months, it might be years where you're training alone. And so many people, I feel, quit on that part 
of the journey. They say, I've only got one person. It wasn't meant to be. I wasn't meant to be a trainer. Looks like I made a huge mistake, and that's the end of it. But you kept going. What was it that helped you keep going and keep the faith that eventually this was going to turn into something that would be what you wanted it to be in the hard moments? Well, a few things, Ross. Firstly, I'm the best. And I say that from the purest part of my body. And I mean that in the I'm the best. There's nobody on this planet that can do what I do. I truly believe that. But think money, money over happiness is something that a lot of people battle against. Money over happiness. And are you willing to sacrifice that money for, for your happiness? If you are willing to do that, you need to make sure you love what you do. Because if you chase money, you'll never catch it. So when I work for Manchester, uh, it's called Manchester Council. And I, 13 years ago, when I written on a piece of paper, I was I was paid very well. I was paid very well. And I even remember the conversation with my parents and my and my wife. And I said, you, lot, you, you all know what I want to do. I'm going to take the step. And all, do you ever tell somebody something, Ross, and everybody kind of goes, are, are you sure you oh, get yeah, paid so much from them? Are you sure? That's you every day of my life. Of yeah. All of, that <laughs> money, all of that money for what you want. And I said, listen, whatever they pay me, I'm, I'm worth 50 times more. I may not get it in the first year or the second year, but the love that I've got for this, the gift that I've got for this, it ain't never gonna die out. If anything, it's gonna it's gonna come like a tornado and get bigger and bigger. So you have to stick with me. And even if you don't stick with me or believe in me, my belief in myself will fill up this fill up an arena. And people don't want to take the gamble and lose money for their happiness. And the the turning point, Ross, was J7 has been alive for 13 years. It's only been open for four years. I only opened it four years ago officially because my son was born. My son was born in 2015. Yeah. And thank you, thank you, sir. And I said, I need to make it happen. Now, he, like the, the, the literally the day that he come out, I said to my wife, I'm quitting because I need my son to see that daddy's a goal-getter. Daddy's a dream. I'm not a dream chaser. I'm a dream getter. Yeah. And I, it's not about the money. It's not about the finance. It's about waking up every day in, a, in an environment that allows me to be me. Yeah. And then, and when I can be me, I can, I can, I can, I can flourish and make anybody fall in love with exercise. And, and to be honest, Ross, it's the best thing that I've ever done. The amount of, of national awards we've won and the things that I've, I've we've done, it shows you, man, with real passion. Not money. Money will come and go. But a lot of people have got amazing dreams and they've got an amazing desire to do it. And they really, they've got amazing passion. But the passion, it can't be online with the money. They can't, it can't, it can't, if it's a race with passion and money, it can't be close. Your passion needs to be up there in order for your money to grow. And I never question money because mm. I always said to myself, if I'm in an environment to express myself artistically the way I can, passionately the way I can money will come and it's the best thing that I've ever done us that's amazing do you ever feel like you just might be happier you know wearing a suit and tie sitting in a cubicle somewhere <laughs> working at a computer are you sure that's not what you're meant to do 
Because that's no, kind of the energy that I'm feeling, you know? Are you sure you wouldn't just rather never. nine to five, punch in, punch nope. out? No, nope. every day I wear shorts and sliders. <laughs> I listen to Tupac. I listen to Tupac and Justin Bieber. I eat a waffle every day. Every day. <laughs> I eat a waffle every day. That's yeah. it. The key to success, folks, eating a waffle eat a every waffle day. day. It starts with a waffle. My daughter yeah. would agree with that. She loves waffles. <laughs> um, you know what, Ross? Yes. When you choose a different path, everybody is going to question and scrutinize and make you feel like you've done the wrong thing. Everyone, you probably had it yourself, oh, but sure. you go down a different different road. There's so there's so many people that are gonna say, Ross, are you sure? Ross, are you are you sure, Ross? Are you sure you're not what you are you sure you're not gonna do this, do that? It and I think you need thick skin. Yeah. If you are gonna beat the often path, you need crocodile skin, you need the thicker skin because people are gonna just try and tear you down because they will never see your vision like you see it. That's so true. They will never see it until it happens. That's the scary thing. Right. And then suddenly you go from one person to two to four to 10 to 15 to 140 on a Wednesday. And suddenly everybody's like, hey, that guy was right all along. But I'll tell you, I'll 13 tell you, years down the road. 15 years and a funny story, Ross. There's a gentleman that I know, a friend of mine. When I told him about J7, he said... That doesn't make sense. If you're going to open a gym, it needs to have one floor for the weights and this and that. And me and him argued for so long. Now that J7 is successful, guess what he says? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. I said, you told me 13 years <laughs> ago that it was, it was rubbish and it wasn't going to work. Do you know what I mean, Ross? Yep, it's just yep. typical. So typical. typical. Yeah, the pa it's always like that. And if I'm not mistaken, so I read... I read that when it comes to people, you train a lot of people who have disability or disease or cancer, yeah. and that you don't take money for training those kinds of people. That's a part of your core values, right? Yeah, man, 110%. I'm from poverty. I was born in Jamaica. I came from nothing. My mom, my mom and my, my dad, they had to work so hard. So when you come from poverty, you understand what it's like to have nothing. So if I'm going to connect with you and be your friend... I don't want a damn thing off you. I just want you to love me. I love you. And I know your story. I want you to know my story, my family. I want to know your story. So now that's the approach I take to my, my business. And this is why it works so much because it's a family environment where I, I say to people all the time, before I train you, I need to know your story. I need to know what your mum's called, your dad. I want to know your cat, what you have for breakfast, the woman at work that you don't like. I want to know what music list, I want to know everything. And what happened was, years ago at the council, I started, uh, when I worked for another company, when I worked for the, the people that I worked for before J7, I, I said to, we, I started doing cancer rehab classes for cancer patients and disabled people. And I got to the point where I said, I'm not taking no money off you. Like, I don't feel, this is horrible. They used, they used to make me take money off these people, it was free. It was, I think, it's three or four pound per class. And after after a year, I said to my boss, "I ain't taking no more money off these people. Either find somebody else to do this class. I ain't taking a penny. It doesn't sit well with me. I, I'm I'm from I'm from a place where you help people like that. You don't take 
money off him when they probably not got the money. And I already said to myself, when I open J7, that is the first thing that I'm going to do. And I'm not going to record it and film it because I've... You know all the stuff that you might have seen on social media mm. now, Ross? I've got thousands of footage. I've only recently started filming mm. because I never felt like... Do you know sometimes, I'm not, I don't know what you get in, in, in America, in the US, but in England, there's these people that really infuriate me, Ross, where they will... An example being, they'll see somebody homeless and they've got food or clothes to give. But instead of just giving it, they will go they over there with the camera yeah. and they'll film it and say, hey, look what I've just did. Yeah. I just gave this homeless man uh, some clothes. And yeah. I think that dilutes what you're doing. That makes it about you. You've not done it from the goodness of your heart. You've made it about yourself. So I've never filmed Ross for probably 10 years. I've never filmed because I thought I'm doing it for me. I'm not doing it to show people what Javino's doing to make people say, well done, Javino. And then... There are a lot of TikTok accounts like that, yeah. big accounts that do yeah. that. And then accidentally, a couple of years ago, one of my uh, customers was in and her mother was in my class and I was training her and she she posted, I didn't know she was filming and she bloody, she put it on Facebook. Ross, it went bloody, it went crazy. So many people were so, well, were amazed and inspired by it, Ross. And then I thought, oh my God. I might have to start filming because I couldn't believe how many people were so inspired and moved and motivated by it. So I thought, let me start filming. And now it it literally went again from one to two to three. Now I've got so many disabled people, cancer rehab people uh, that I trained for free. And what I've realised is that the more I film, uh, I, I film myself on my workouts because I powerlift and do other bits. But these other people I never filmed, and it took me a while to get to this place where I'm getting I'm getting people out of wheelchairs, Ross. It's amazing. I've had last year, I think I counted 16 young young people in England. They were so inspired by they decided to try it themselves. Yep. And get up out of their wheelchairs. And I thought, oh my God, it's that's amazing inspiration. And I so thought the amount of the more people I that you've been able to impact. Out, yeah. Every single week I've got hundreds. You've been able to influence so many people. I get at least 200 messages. 200 a week. Yeah. Incredible. From people who are saying that you've changed their life. Yeah. I'll never take money because I think if I take money, I'm doing it for money. I want to do it because I want to help. Yeah. And I I don't, money's not my goal. I'm curious. Why do you think that, why do you think that so many people have a hard time or I think there are a lot of people who in theory might want to do something like that. Why do you think it's so hard for people to actually make that decision to put their passion over money or to actually do something like I'm going to take on a significant number of people who I don't want to take their money, but I'm still going to train them. Because it's, it's lonely. Hmm. Like I said before us, it's lonely. There's more bad times than good. There's more, there's, there's, there's so much, there's so many dark days, there's so many horrible days and times where money's low, where money's low and you've still got to look at your wife and your kids and go, sorry, nothing's coming in, but why don't you charge? So there's a lot of uh, personal battles and social battles that you'll have to do, but you have to, if you truly believe in what you do, it will always it will always uh, come to the top. 
And I think I've always said I can make my money doing and like if I trained you, for example, I will charge you, I will take your money, Ross. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> but if but if you had a mum or auntie or dad or grandpa grandfather, grandmother that was ill, really ill, I wouldn't take your money. I, I think there's enough money in the world where you can make your money, but then special people that may not be here. Think about that. Every day that passes is a is a day that they get closer to not being here. So I get paid by the comments that the family send me. Every single day there are some comments that the family send me. I'm prolonging your grandmother's life. So God forbid, so uh, two years ago, Ross, my auntie passed away. My auntie was the, the main, she was the, the matriarch of our family and it broke my family. She was the absolute queen. Yeah. I'm 37, first time in my life I've had a real family death mm. that, that broke us. And every single day I say to myself, she's she's all over my gym in big pictures. Now, every day, Ross, I say, I'd give anything on this planet right now to spend 10 seconds with her. Every, everyone who's lost somebody, you've lost people, you would give anything to spend one more minute with that loved one. So the work that I'm doing, I can feel good in my heart that the day that some of these elderly people pass away, I've given their families maybe a couple extra weeks or months of life with that special person. And and the comments and the videos and the messages that I get sent along down that kind of road, uh, those that's how I get paid. That's beautiful, man. Because I know that I'm doing I'm doing something that's more than exercise, if you know what I mean. I do. And do you feel that at this point? This many years on, have you struck some kind of balance where you feel like I'm taking care of financial, where you feel that you've reached a middle point there? Or is it still depends on the yeah, week? Yeah. yeah, but this is, this is what I mean, it's only happened in the last maybe the two years. Like right now, I've got so many like clients and my gym's thriving, my gym, my, 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 my gym's Ram this is to I've won gym of the year two times in a row. Huge. The gym is amazing, it's to the brim. But people will see that now, Ross, and say, oh, that's amazing. But I've been doing this for how many years? Free. So right now it's amazing. But four years ago when I first opened and the gym wasn't thriving and bursting at the seams and I was still training disabled people and elderly people for free, nobody said nothing then. Mm. So these are the things where, I mean, where you have to really have a thick skin and know know your purpose and if you know your purpose you'll stand up proud in any room it could be a, it could be in an, an, an arena it could be at Madison Square Garden or it could be in a desert Javino's still going to stand up proud because I know my purpose and I think if you know your purpose you can have that confidence in any in any situation whether it's good or bad do you know what I mean I do do you feel that you still have a lot that you want to do. Do you feel content to keep things the way they are? Or do you want to grow the gym? Do you want thousands, hundreds of thousands? What's it's next going, for you? It's going, it's going that crazy, Ross. <laughs> I need to go, I need to get a bigger premises. And ideally, I'd like to open a J7 too, which is basically a facility that's just for disabled and uh, vulnerable elderly people where it's kind of like a rehab center. Uh, because I could tell you so many stories, Ross, of people and what they, 
the inspiration that they get from the... Let me tell you, I need to tell you this one. I'm not going to tell you her name because, again, I, I'm not into things like that because I think it brings it on. But I need to tell you the story. It's there's the queen. Man that I trained called, there's an old man that I trained wow. called Tommy who's had a stroke, who, when I first met him, he couldn't do that. that and now he can get his arm up. He's amazing. So, Tommy, amazing character. There's a lady that sent me a video saying she's had... She lives in Ireland, Northern Ireland. She's had uh, dementia for the last 12 years. And she's also got quite a few things wrong with her. Quite a lot of things. But she said after watching the video, she was that inspired. She's never... Where she lives now in an apartment in Northern Ireland, she's never walked to the local shop, the local grocery shop. She's never been because she didn't feel confident to go. She didn't feel like she could go there. So she'd wait for her daughter or her son to come to send him to the grocery shop. She said after watching my video, she walked to the shop. It took a long time. She walked for five minutes and then she stopped, chilled, got a breath. Then she went again and then she got there and she sent me a video when she came back crying, saying that if it wasn't for watching my videos... She would have never have walked to the shop, and she's been at that. She's been at that that home for 12, 13 years, and look, my little video that it took me forty five seconds to film has inspired this woman enough to do something unbelievable like that. You feel what I'm saying? I do. It's, it blows me away, Ross. It, it, that's why I've got to keep on going. We don't know I've the impact that we have. Yeah. We don't know who needs to hear what it is that we have to say. Exactly. But somebody exactly. does. Somebody might. Somebody out there. Could be in any country. Yeah. That's the power of the internet. Could be literally anywhere in the world. And inspiration comes from the way this place is. Inspiration can come from a person, a voice, a picture. It can come from anything. I had a woman from America who messaged me. She was from Nebraska. Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, yeah, Nebraska. She's from Nebraska. She's got uh, diabetes and she had, uh, I think she had angina and I think she had uh, maybe Parkinson's as well. But she's uh, in a wheelchair. She watched a video with me and one of my young boys called Dayton. He was in a wheelchair. And all it was with Dayton is a young, amazing, beautiful boy. And I just kept on throwing him balls and he's throwing him over his shoulder. But every every medicine ball that I threw got heavier. Ah. <laughs> it got like, ah. And it was an amazing video. She watched that video and she's in Nebraska. I don't know where Nebraska is. I, I, I couldn't even tell you. But she filmed herself in her garden, in her wheelchair, with somebody, I think it might have been a son or... Husband throwing, I think it looked like hay or balls of grass or something. And she was replicating what she seen in my video. And it's it's just amazing, things like that. Whilst I think this is a lady on the other side of the world who, thank God, has seen some of my work and has been inspired to go do something amazing. That's, that's truly remarkable. And here we are also across the pond for the same reason. Yeah. You reached me with your message, and I think that's pretty cool, too. And that we can even talk about it is pretty dang amazing. It's amazing, uh, Ross. You know, I think for a lot of people, 
it's no secret that a lot of people in the world are really depressed, that they have a lot of self-doubt. You might even say these are the biggest problems affecting our world today is so many people are depressed or they wake up and they're, they don't want to go to their job. They wake up and they don't want to do anything, maybe just sit, watch TV. As somebody who has such strong self-confidence... Is that something that you had to work on? Were there moments when you didn't believe in yourself? Or is that just something that you've always had, a natural gift for that? Uh, I've been very selective. I think it's about the company that you keep, Ross. I think nowadays, and again, I'm like I said, I'm 37. And I think with age, your tolerance for BS becomes a lot smaller and I learned from a very young age, Ross, be around the right people. When you're around the right people who truly love you and care for you, they will tell you and show you how much they love you. So anytime you have a little bit of doubt, a little bit of a, you're lacking a bit of self-esteem, you can't be around somebody that doesn't love you or somebody who doesn't give a damn about you because they're not going to build you back up. So over the years, if I was ever... Doubting myself, doubting anything about my personality or character or Javino as a person, I'd make sure that I have a conversation with people that I know love me in in the hardest way, in the hardest, most purest way. And when you're around that kind of support and people that generally love you, they will say, Ross, now you're making the right decision because you're amazing and you're good at what you do and they'll pick you up. And I think, Nowadays, a lot of people, when they go through them uh, phases, mm-hmm. they'll conversate and be around people that don't really give a crap about them. Yeah. So the conversation doesn't end well, and it makes them probably feel worse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're not getting that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about the company you is keep. The most thing. Do think self is the most important thing, Russ. Yeah. How much are you motivated by your clients? Are they the reason that you get up in the morning? Are you excited to go to work because of them? Yeah, they make the, the clients. Uh, I need them just as much as they need me. Obviously, with this this coronavirus, was taking the world by storm. Ross. <laughs> I'm sick. Of it. I'm sick. We're all sick of it. Oh god! So my my facility it got closed. I think we got closed. Maybe three times, three or four times, we I had to close mm-hmm. for months, Ross. And all my clients and all the members would message me and say, "Oh my God, we miss you so much, and we miss the gym, and we miss we miss J Seven. And I realized, even though it was an amazing time with my wife and my kids, and we was we were spending great family time, I realized that I needed them just as much as they needed me. It wasn't just I; uh, they need me. I needed them. Because you got to think, a soccer player, yes, you, you may love playing soccer, but you love the game. You might love playing it, but it's a two-way street. You can't, you can't just be, what, it's just, it's not, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a two-person relationship. And I think I realised it, especially in this last year with all the, the lockdowns and restrictions that we've had. I need my people just as much as they need me, Ross. Mm-hmm. And I'm that not afraid to tell them. And I've told them, I've told them all. I've told them all every time I see them. That's I've good. I've got no problem with uh, expressing that. That's really good. And yeah, coming back to sports, 
the audience or the fans, they only love you when you do something good for them, right? Again, if you score the winning goal, you're a hero. But if you miss exactly. a penalty kick, you're nothing. You're nothing. Yeah. And then instead of 20,000 people cheering you on, you have 20,000 people booing you or <laughs> yelling you off the field or something like that. So when yeah. people live for that exactly. kind of audience, they're going to be depressed. They're not going to be happy. But I genuinely believe that as many people as you train, I do believe that with each and every one of them, you do have a personal relationship. And I do believe that they would support you and your mission in ways that no sport spectator oh, yeah. ever would. Yeah, because I know the story and it's a family. It's a such a like like I said, J Seven is so unique because it's it's a family atmosphere and I've took all family values and brought that into a gym, which is very rare. Like in my gym, Ross, you'll go in and you'll see pictures on the walls of all the kids, all the all the, the members' kids who come, they draw me pictures and I put them on the wall. Uh there's pictures of family members. A lot of my elderly clients that have passed away, they've got pictures on the wall. So it's a very family place. And I'm I'm lucky, Ross, because I think I, I think <laughs> sounds <laughs> sounds big headed, but I think I'm gifted, man. I really think I'm gifted. And what I mean by that is I think someone's gift is what a human can do extremely well with minimal effort. And I feel like my gift is what I do now because it's easy, Ross. <laughs> I find it fun. It's enjoyable. I love doing what I do. So when people are telling me how much I've changed their lives and, and I'm sat back going, I can do that every day. This is like, this is nothing. I could, and I, so that's why I believe that this is my gift because I can do it effortless, effortlessly. But it's, it's effortless to me, but it's life-changing to somebody else. So that's why I mean, I believe that everyone's got a gift. So I didn't mean it in a big-headed way or anything like that. I believe that I've, I'm lucky that I've found my gift. I did think it was cricket, even though I was a badass cricket player. <laughs> but I feel like this is more my gift. Yeah. Because even as a cricket player, Ross, I was the best athlete, but there were cricketers that were better than me. Right. There was, there was hundreds. But with this... You ain't better than me. There's nobody better than me. That's a great idea. So that's what people might feel, what they should feel when they're on to something. Yeah, if it feels effortless, if it feels like you're getting more energy from doing it than you're giving yeah. into it, you might be on the right track. Yeah, and I say to people all the time, I was, I was speaking to two young boys in, in the gym the other day, and I said to him, if you feel what you're doing and you feel like you're the best at what you're doing, you better scream that from the mountains. Don't let people, that's not being big headed. It's just being supremely confident. It's not arrogance. It's being supremely confident. So me saying I'm the best, I'm not saying that other trainers are, are rubbish. I'm not saying that he's bad or she's bad. I'm just saying that I'm the best at what I do. Not what anybody else is. Do another trainer could be on a different path a different journey, training different people. That person there could be on, on her journey, training that kind of... I said, at what Javino does, at what J7 does, I'm the best at this, and I will say it with bass in my voice because there's nobody on the planet that can do it. And I think people always take certain things as arrogance, as supreme confidence, and I think you have to have that, especially if you go down a different path. The whole combo is about... 
the beating the often path. If you decide to go down a path that's not not the one that was originally the, the, the plan, you best believe to be the most confident person ever. Because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get you be it's like Jack and the beanstalk, you climb up the beanstalk, you're just getting pulled down. The only way you're gonna carry on going to the top of that beanstalk is if you're supremely confident enough to keep on fighting to get to the top. And I say to people all the time, this is why when I seen a show and I seen the name of the show, Beat the Often Path, I talk about this every day. Is this something that I truly believe in? That if you go down a road that's not meant to be, you make it, make it, make it meant to be. If you truly believe, you, if you truly believe that that road is where you're meant to go, and everyone's saying, "No, no, wrong road," you're gonna get lost. Turn around. You've got to say, "No, I ain't getting lost. I know exactly where this road's taking me." You feel me, Ross? I do, man. I feel so amped yeah. from our conversation. I'm so jazzed. I feel like I'm in shape just from listening to you. And I haven't done anything. <laughs> I feel like I'm stronger already. <laughs> it's like I got my beer gut here. Uh, no, this is it's incredibly powerful stuff. I've loved every second of this chat. And your energy is palpable. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not a member of your gym, but I truly do believe that you have a gift. It's obvious. And I think anybody there uh, is very lucky to have you in their corner. And I just think it's so wonderful that you have found that for yourself and that you have dedicated your life. And that, again, like you said, coming from humble origins, that you have stayed true to that and to where you're from. So few people seem to do that. There's nothing so hard about it, but I wouldn't be talking with you if I didn't see that aspect of your work. Oh, That's the part of your story that I really enjoyed. Because yeah. anybody could have a successful gym. Anybody could have 100 people. Like, I don't really, that's not what's important to me. What's important is that you stayed true to yourself. And what's important is that you did it in your way. And like you said, you might have had a boss or somebody else who said, hey, don't do it this way. Or even a family or other people who said, hey, you need to charge money for these people. And you didn't do that because you had conviction. That's yeah. what I admire so much about you. So, I'm just going to consider me one more person from a place that you don't know. Just, you know, saying good job. Saying Definitely. Thank you, good on you. And uh, I, I really I really enjoy talking to you. Keep on rocking, man. my man. I really enjoy talking to you, man. Stay in contact, Ross. Oh, for sure. Stay in contact. I want to know, know your journey. Well, before, before we do that, I will absolutely stay in contact with you. But I want to give you the last word here. So I want to give you the floor. You can promote whatever you want to promote or tell people to follow whatever you want to follow or if you want to give a last piece of advice, I'm going to let you close this thing out. Okay, the only, the only thing that I really want to say, I don't want to promote nothing. I, want to prom I, want, I, don't, want to, I don't want to promote, promote nothing. All I want to say to people, anyone listening, is you. You're the most important thing. Yeah, Prioritise yourself. This is your life. Every day that goes past every day that every second that goes by is one step closer to not being here so make sure every day is a big day every day i say to my son every day ross every day is a big day so i say make sure you're not afraid to put yourself first it, it, being selfish is okay being selfish is okay don't chase money money's not your god chase passion chase happiness if money's your God and all you do is chase money, you'll never catch it. You'll never catch it. I'm not saying money ain't important, 
but chase happiness over money and make sure that you make sure you value value yourself. Make sure you got self worth. When you got self worth and you're overflowing with self worth, you're overflow with self esteem and confidence. Your life will be amazing. Your family will be amazing. Your kids will be amazing. Your business will be amazing. J Seven. Yes, Rossi. There it is. And with that, the official podcast is over.